Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Women Offshore Podcast. This is Ali Cedeno and Christine McMillan. We are both experienced seafarers. And at Women Offshore, we are making waves. The Women Offshore Foundation propels women plus into meaningful careers through access to a worldwide community and professional development resources while raising awareness amongst industry leaders and decision makers about issues affecting women on the water. This podcast is an integral part of our mission, and we appreciate you listening in. New episodes of the Women Offshore podcasts are available every Tuesday. Subscribe on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on and be in the know about the latest topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the maritime and offshore industries. Thanks for tuning in. We have another great episode for you today. Hi, Jenny Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me on the Women Offshore podcast today. You just got home from traveling to Houston for the Inclusion Summit and being a speaker there. How are you doing? Hi, Christine. I'm doing great. I feel like uh, energized and ready to hit the ground running after the summit. Awesome. So I got to be there virtually. It was great to hear you speak. So I just want to give a little recap of the event and share some of the lessons learned. And so we also had Dr. Jason Jones there and Shante Eden as well. And so let's talk a little bit about your session first. What were some of the topics that you covered? And then we'll talk about the others as well and some of the lessons that we learned from them. Yeah, so uh, I took on the topic of um, creating balanced uh, or balance, balancing gender bias within the evaluation and promotion process in offshore environments. And it was very, very interesting um, and, and fulfilling to do the research that I needed to do to conduct that workshop. Uh, I had... Uh, already some background in understanding implicit bias. And I'd taken the, uh, the, A, the IAT, the implicit association test multiple times for race, gender, disability. Um, there's various ones that you can take. And so uh, it was really cool to dig into the, the, the research and the data and fully understand how the brain works and how these biases get created. And then really think about, okay, we, we have these biases here. What actionable measures can be implemented to put guardrails around those biases to make this prom these promotion processes and these evaluations, um, you know, gender neutral? And uh, I loved coming up with like the ideas that were rolling. And I know some of them were really out of the box and very non-traditional for the industry that we're in. But I mean, that's what we were there for at the summit, right? Is to talk about innovation. How can we take the industry into the future and make sure everybody comes with it? So it was, it was really exciting and fun to, to do that project. Yeah, that's wonderful. So how did the energy feel in the room while you were there? Do you feel like um, you were getting good responses from the audience? 
Yeah, the energy was great, very positive. Um, I had a couple of uh, group actor um, audience interaction activities that they could participate in within the workshop. And we got um, great uh, interaction with those activities. And um, we put together a couple of those of the word clouds and those that the word clouds really had some con like very obvious contrast of whether or not you present yourself as masculine in the workplace versus whether you present yourself feminine in the workplace and the kinds of common terms and words you see in your evaluation. I mean, that was very, very powerful in the moment for me. And, you know, as a presenter, I don't know how those things are going to go. Um, so, you know, that was real data in that moment. That was the people on the line virtually and people in the room sharing their real experiences of how, you know, how they feel some of the, their evaluations have been biased in the past. So, um, it, yeah, I was very, very happy and pleased with how it went. Good. And um, I loved that you sent out a survey before. Can we talk a little bit about that implicit bias? Um, is it like a test, I guess, you can get, you can give yourself to feel <laughs> where your biases are? And I know that can you just describe it? I'm pretty sure that it's run by a university, but I can't remember all the details right now. Yeah, so you can, it's, it's called an implicit association test. So um, you'll hear uh, referred to as an uh, AIT. And there, like I said, there's various categories of it. So there's ones on gender, ones on race, ones on socioeconomic status. Um, you know, there's one about, you know, people who are overweight versus not overweight, like you can go on there. And so um, it is housed by um, Harvard is leading that. Um, but there you can look up the um, implicit, implicit uh, bias project.org, I believe. And learn about the entire project and how they came to putting these tests together. And yes, they're free tests um, and you can take them as many times as you want. And I can tell you from my personal experience, I, I've taken the same one multiple times trying to get a different outcome and I was not able to do it. Um, and there's a great book called The uh, Blind Spot that goes into like basically telling the story of how the projects kind of came about. And it really, it started with finding out whether people had a preference between bugs and flowers. Oh, and wow. <laughs> once the results of that kind of made them start thinking, well, wow, could we do the same test to find out if people have preferences specific to race or gender that they're not consciously aware of? And so that's how it kind of came about. Highly recommend people reading the book and, and looking up the project and um, taking all of them. You should take all of the implicit um, bias tests and just and see where you land and see where see where you land compared to the rest of the the people that take the test too is kind of a fascinating. I'm I was lumped in with the seventy five percent of people who take that uh, have a very strong association with female and family and male and career. But it was so fascinating to have people in the audience say that they were like completely neutral. They weren't biased either way or, wow. you know, cause that it was, then they'd said they'd taken it before and it's the same result every time. So it's very, very interesting. Yes. And so let's talk about a little bit since this is kind of brain, um, Dr. Jones presented on the neuroscience of leadership. So did you have any major takeaways from his presentation? 
you know, I did, I was, I had, uh, you know, I was, had told, told Ali, so I love how all of these presentations are, are connected to each other, right? Like we're all kind of touching on the same thing and we didn't practice, you know, we didn't, yeah. you know, talk ahead of time, Shante or, or Jason and I, um, but it was really great for him to kind of go into the, so much we don't know about the brain and all these things that are, that are happening all the time within the brain that we have no, we're not consciously aware of at all. And I talked about it in my workshop about, you know, the fact that we are totally fine with all of these things happening in our bodies every second of every day and cells are changing and all this weird stuff that we don't have any control over and don't know it's happening. But we have such resistance to accepting the fact that there is a significant portion of our brain that is doing things all the time that we don't have any control over and we don't have, can't do anything about. And that's where that bias lives. Um, So I just thought it was great that, that he, we kicked that off with him talking about like, you know, the, as a psychologist, the, the psychological side of things in the brain. And then I was able to kind of layer on to the fact that these biases are completely out of our control. Yes. And I had a follow-up call with one of the, my friends that attended the conference and he was saying, we don't talk about pheromones enough. We don't talk about hormones enough because he thought that was really fascinating that what Dr. Jones brought up was like, there's so much that we're like, I'm attracted to that person or like that person really rubs me the wrong way and I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like very, very subconscious. Right. And um, so I think that that part fascinated him a lot too. Yeah, definitely. That was, it was, uh, yeah, great stuff. It was awesome. So um, Shante wrapped up the day for us. And um, I just know that there was a couple parts that were hard for me to hear because she had a lot of um, audience interaction. And so there were a couple parts that I wasn't able to hear. So can you um, tell me what your takeaway was from her presentation? So yeah, she was um, on mentorship, right? And um, you know, I, I found it really interesting. She kind of categorized kind of, you know, formal mentorships versus informal mentorships. And what I thought was really fascinating was that the data, of course, I'm going to be fascinated with the data, but the data that she put up there about, you know, it affecting how, how much money people earn. And I think at, at one point, you know, she had put up that like women who have um, male men- male mentors or female mentors make 14% less than if they had a male mentor. But yeah. then even so, like your, your race would impact, like, you know, if you were a woman of color, you would be making, you know, 8%. Like it was, it, there was, it, it solidified, you know, the fact that there's no playbook to to mentorship in in really corporate America today, right? It you either it's informal, it's about relationships, it's something that started out as a, a friendship. But she, you know, sharing that mentorships can you, you know, as a mentor, you you should be also learning from your mentee. And mm. that was impactful. And then um, she shared a clip with Brene Brown and Oprah 
um, about, about asking for help, right? Because women are far less likely to ask for mentorship or anything like that. It was, it was like a, a minuscule percentage of women uh, seek out mentorship. And when Brene Brown said that if, um, if you don't ask for help, that means that when you give help, you're doing it with judgment, Oh, wow. And I had to like, I was thinking about it for a second. So if you're a person who never asks for help ever, that means, and you're the one always helping. Yeah. That means that you are always helping with judgment. You're judging that person that has sought your help because you think asking for help is beneath you. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, like I really had to kind of like, process that and um you know having to have asked for help myself recently um in a in a way that I never thought I would ever 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 have to ask for help um you know making a late night call I'm sick I need someone to come and take care of my son I don't know what's gonna happen and a dear dear friend came in like you know a superhero with groceries and medicine and and i mean it was it was humbling uh to say the least to go okay this is what it feels like to really be vulnerable and ask for help and yeah um, it, it's gonna it's gonna i think it'll change and then having Brene brown say that it may it put words around how i felt during yeah and that's so cool i I, I will be far more inclined, I think, going forward to ask for help now as a result of of that specific personal experience for me and then and then the summit. Uh-huh. I, I'm going to definitely be um, inclined to ask for help now. Yeah. No, I think that that's a really good lesson to learn. And um, I know for my days in the industry, it, I felt like it was a sign of weakness to ask and I wish now looking back that I would have had the courage to be vulnerable because I could have learned a lot more, I think, from the leaders that were around me. If I would have just said, you know, I'm struggling to figure this out on my own. Can you help me? And they probably would have. And so I think that that's a really valuable lesson to learn. Yeah, the industry is, you know, it's it's got its own language as it's like, you know, you, it's so foreign. And even when you're been in it for a while and then you go to a a ship that does, you know, a different type of ship or different cargo or different run or whatever it is. And let's say you're joining a crew that's been together for like five years. They've got, they're all in sync and they have their own language and all that kind of stuff. And it just looks like everybody's breezing through everything and, you know, you come on board and yeah, it's really, really intimidating, especially where there's women and it's like, we don't really feel all that welcome in the first place. And now we also are potentially going to be a burden to somebody that's going to have to spend extra time with us. And so I think that's also very inherent to just as women that we don't want to burden others. Right. So that's like, we're, we nurturing we're gonna we help everybody else and then you know quietly suffer in the corner somewhere and so I think that all ties all ties together and um you know it makes me think too about what when I was researching for my my the workshop on the performance evaluations is that when a 
the research has shown that when a manager asks uh, a direct report, um, you know, what, what do you need from me as a manager? What do you need, you know, from me, you know, that you feel like you're lacking. Right. And um, men are far more likely to ask for support with technical and operational support where women are far more likely to ask for help with relationship building and leadership with the team. And that over time, those male employees that have asked for that technical support and operational support move up into those leadership roles because they're gaining the operational and technical experience needed and women are staying back in middle management because they've asked for more guidance on the engagement and leadership side of things. So it was actually, you know, recommended that you don't, you, you know, you, you ask that of your employees, but you don't laser focus on it. Like everyone should be both be getting leadership and engagement advice and also operational and technical guidance so that everybody can have the, be on the same playing field and moving up. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. And I think that <clears throat> Shante also mentioned the importance of a formal mentoring program over just an informal one. She said that there is a ton of value in having a very structured platform to it and it can um, really raise up everyone across the board. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, it can. Cause uh, like when, when people just have informal it really kind of just turns into who kind of who you know, and yeah. um, we all kind of we also flock to people who are like us. That's just human nature, and so then we lose a lot of that, you know, um, cross cultural diversity. Everybody, you know, getting that exposure with each other because if you just leave it to everybody, then the human brain kicks in and everybody's going to do, you know, what, what feels natural and comfortable for them. So yeah, having a formal program that's structured that pairs people up that can, you know, the employee that needs X, Y, Z can be paired with somebody who's an expert in X, Y, Z and be able to um, help them move up. So yeah, vitally important. I agree. Yeah. So overall, the summit was an amazing event. And I am amazed by the turnout. It seems like there was a ton of online people, a great turnout in the room. And I am excited for next year already. And um, we also have our conference coming up in October that we are planning for. So October 26th and 27th is the dates for that. And so you can go to the website and find more information and register for it. It's also going to be a hybrid event. Um, it's going to be in Galveston, Texas, and you can show up online as well. So Jenny, what's your advice for women offshore today? Has it changed from our last time we've talked? What, what words of wisdom do you have for us now? Well, let's see. When did we talk? In February? <laughs> <laughs> a lot has changed since February. <laughs> a lot has changed since February. But, uh, yeah, you know, I am, I continue to be optimistic of all the work that's being done. I feel so fortunate to be a part of the community. And I think that um, women offshore as they grow and have the attention of everybody in the industry, it's only going to get better. I really wish 
I, I say this all the time, but I, I really wish I would have had this when I was sailing um, any of these groups. And so anyone out there listening now, I, 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 you're here, I'm here to tell you how incredibly fortunate you are to have this incredible team at Women Offshore to lean on and call and ask advice. So please take full advantage of all of their programs and make sure that you're getting all that you can because there's multiple generations of women before you that were just out there winging it. And I really think that it's organizations like this, like Women Offshore, that are just going to make the future and the industry better for everybody. Well, thank you, Jenny. We are trying to crack that nut of making it better for everyone. And it's people like you who are helping us with that mission. So thank you so much for being here, for being a bright, shining light in the industry and for your time at the Inclusion Summit and today with me. It's always so much fun to catch up with you. Thanks, Christine. Good to talk with you and good to see you. Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore Podcast. Come back next Tuesday for another new episode. If you want to propel women offshore forward, visit womenoffshore.shop. Make a donation or purchase some swag. Until next time, stay safe out there and we will talk to you soon.